Hey y'all, it's Barb. It's Shay. We're here to talk about a murder that's gonna knock you off your feet. So giddy up y'all, this is gonna be a wild one. Hi everyone, <laughs> welcome back to another episode on Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder. How are you doing Shay? I'm good. You know, another week down. How about you? I'm doing good too. Uh, ready for this weekend as every Thursday, I guess you could say. <laughs> Um, we are super excited to share another episode with you guys, and I just want to go ahead and say I got most of my information from missing, the Missing Persons of America website. In this case, we're actually going to be covering two different people, I guess you want to say. This case is on someone who actually went missing on May 25th, 2015 in Moss, bluff texas this was inside of liberty county his name is clint miller clint was 26 year, years old at the time he had a couple of tattoos one of a cross on his shoulder and was known to always wear a cross necklace and chain he had a pretty much kind of shaved cleanish cut hairstyle i guess you want to call it i really don't know what to call it but it was pretty much shaved uh, maybe like a one all the way around. He had a medium build. Uh, Clint had brown hair and green eyes. He didn't have a vehicle at the time, um, but he was working on and off with an oil company, I believe. Whenever he went missing, our family, me and Shay's family, was actually constantly sharing his posts and interacting with his Facebook page, trying to lure anyone who actually might know anything. Do you remember this, Shay? Yeah, actually, um, our grandma um, was one of the main ones, and she still talks about it to this day. Every time she's always looking it up and seeing if any news comes out about it, and she's always sharing. So she's yes. always on the lookout. And I don't know if it was her, but somebody actually did submit um, on the little post that we did on Facebook for us to cover um, Clint Miller's case. Hmm. So I do want to go ahead and start off uh, with the evening before he actually went missing. His home was actually called to the police. It was lit and in a blaze. I mean, it was like on fire the day before he went missing. A witness at the time said that a firefighter had mentioned there being a padlock on the outside of his camper, but Clint was nowhere to be found. So at the time, I guess he was living in a camper um, on a little piece of land out um in moss bluff and it was locked from the outside so they could kind of confirm that he actually wasn't in the camper but it was on fire interesting yes so his was it it could have been him that did the lock or it could have been someone else that tried to lock him in correct so we really kind of don't know um but shortly after his family was actually notified they set out a huge search to locate him However, Mother Nature wasn't on their side, and a massive, massive flood spread across this Texas area. This flood dumped approximately 11 inches of rain within a 24-hour time period. Um, This was a storm that hit Texas, and it was a pretty bad one. A lot of homes flooded during this, um, this flood. The Harris County of Emergency Management confirmed that tons and tons of homes were flooded and about eight people would 
actually ended up dead due to the storm. Ultimately, the family was unsuccessful at finding their loved one. So, do you think that this could have been a cover-up? Like, the killer maybe knew the flood was coming? So, I actually thought about that, too. And, I mean, that would make total sense because as Texans, like, you, we are notified when a a storm is brewing, like a hurricane or, like, a tropical depression or anything like that. We know at least a week, a week and a half before it actually gets here. Um, mm-hmm. For people who aren't from this area, um, just to kind of let you know that. So, if it was, I could very well, like, see that being a plot. Like, okay... You know, let's kill him, maybe, or take him, or take him somewhere else, and then you kind of let the storm blow over, and maybe, like, people think that he ends up dead and, like, washed away from the flood type thing. Hmm. But I'm not sure, but I think that that's very plausible. Yeah, and, you know, also, maybe, not a killer, maybe he knew it was coming, and maybe he's trying to get away from, because, you know, his house was set on fire, maybe he knew it was coming, and he was trying to figure out how to get away from whatever was coming at him, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think that is definitely um, a good hypo- or like idea, too. Um, so, th- actually, shortly after that, the family gets notified, and then the storm hits. And, you know, during that storm, you know, you can only do so much with all the rain and all the flooding. So, after it clears up, the investigation begins. So, I was able to find where the police actually recovered some of his phone records. It looks like Clint actually made a phone call from his home on Moss Bluff at around 2.30 p.m. that day. The last person to ever see Clint was his friend. He reported being with him the day before the fire, and they were pretty much like helping stack sacks of uh, sand and whatnot in preparation for the flood that was going to be coming within the next few days. Clint was later seen, um, I believe that same day, um, walking down the road and a friend or somebody that he knew pulled over to the side and asked if he needed a ride and he said yes so he picked him up and brought him back to his house. He told the investigators that Clint received a phone call around three in the morning and He just like abruptly had to get up and go and leave. So his friend was like, okay, like that's kind of weird. But I mean, do what you got to do type thing. Like, okay, bye. So that happens. And then the police come out and tell the parents or tell the people that um, the last ever ping made from Clint's phone was May 27th. So this was actually two days after the fire. Um. After that, that was, like I said, the last ever ping. So his phone had been disconnected ever since. Yeah, that's weird. So one thing is, so all these calls were on the day of the fire or the day before the fire? So um, the call that he had received at 3 a.m., I believe, was before the fire so the day before the fire so he gets up at 3 a.m i believe and then the fire you know his house gets set on fire about 2 30 the next day and then the the police are able to tell that he made phone calls between may 25th and may 27th so for two days after the fire Mm. the police were able to confirm that calls were being made to and from his his cell phone 
Yeah, that's interesting because why would he be using his phone and not answering anyone that was like concerned about him after the fire? So like he had his phone on him and his house was set on fire. It, but I'm sure his family is constantly calling him. I mean, you see how active they are online trying to find him. So I'm sure they were concerned. So like, do we think it was the killer using his phone or? So honestly, I'm um, just from what I can gather, I, like this in, end of the investigation basically is kind of hit and miss. Okay. So we haven't gotten there yet. So I don't want to say it yet, but I think that he was being held and maybe the killer was like telling him, okay, make a phone call here. Or, you know, you can make a phone call there or whatnot. And then after that two day span, maybe they did end up killing him. You know what I mean? Maybe they were holding mm -hmm. him for money. I mean, honestly, I don't really know because there's not enough information out there yet, but that is maybe my guess. Interesting. Okay. So we're gonna go ahead and move on and there is a little clue that comes up for the police and apparently Clint and a woman were actually sleeping together mm. um, within the last month or a couple weeks or so before all this happened. This woman had a boyfriend at the time and Clint knew about the boyfriend. Clint had reported receiving notes and from this guy and he was Clint was telling his family members like I think I'm in danger like I'm getting these death threats and apparently the guy actually burnt down a pier near Clint's home and this was supposed to be a threat to Clint to stop sleeping with his girlfriend what yeah so like <laughs> I said Clint told the family members and he believed he was being followed for quite some time and they believe it was this guy in retaliation to sleeping with his woman Okay, but like, like, why would he burn down a pier? Like, what does a pier have to do with Clint? Unless like Clint used to go to that one all the time or something. But that's weird. I th that's like a random thing to like, hey, let's set this on fire real quick. I think that was like a, a threat to Clint. Like in a way, like, I'm going to set this on fire. Like you could be next. Like you keep messing with mm. my woman. I'm going to set your camper on fire, you know? And so mm -hmm. I think that was like a warning in a way. So, yeah. and, I, and I, I don't know if he was a fisherman too, but there was the pier and people would go fishing. We would take that, talk about that a little bit later. Okay. So his family was able to get a hold of a gentleman named William Trevor Moore, which I think um, was Clint's friend. And he went by the name of Bill at the time. He told the family that Clint was in a lot of beef with another guy over some trailer in the, in the area that he was living in. He told the family that Clint was actually getting beat up over this. Whatever beef he had with this other guy about a trailer, he was getting beat up. He told them that he couldn't tell them where Clint was right now, but within a couple of days, they'd get him back. So apparently this William guy knew where Clint was, but he couldn't tell him where he was. But if, hmm. if everything went smoothly, they would have Clint back to him. However... Before Bill could tell the family anything else, he was murdered in cold blood. They were able to find out who the man was that Clint supposedly had problems with over a camper trailer, but he literally laughed in the family's face and said he had no issues with Clint at the time. So no one was arrested and things kind of went down 
from there. The family kept gathering as much information as they could for a few years, but nothing really like amounted to it. Yeah, and you know, that's weird. Like, how did they know that he was murdered? Like, did they find him? I'm not 100% sure. I didn't really dive into to William's death. Just because I'm, I, I was talk, I'm going to be talking about Clint and another game, Johnny, which has a possible link to the to Clint's case. Oh wait, what? Bill was murdered. Oh my gosh, I just missed that. I'm so sorry. What? Okay, you're you have lights going off. Talk to me here. Yeah, that's so sketchy. Oh, okay, okay, sorry guys. I totally missed that. Bill was the one who got murdered. Okay, that's weird. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. But yes. So, um, so the possible link that the family had at that moment is now was now murdered by somebody. I don't know who that somebody was, but he's he was now murdered some way somehow. Um, now, a link to the case pops up a couple of years later in June of 2019. A man named Johnny Joe Lowe actually went missing. Their families would soon realize that Johnny was actually related to Clint Miller and he too lived on Moss Bluff. So when Johnny went missing, his family, I think his mother's name was Billy, if I'm not mistaken, but Johnny's mother got in contact with Clint's family and because they lived on the like the, like the same area, they were like, okay, maybe this is related because now they're both missing in a, in a you know couple year time span come to find out that they were actually related okay well. yes so the last known whereabouts people have said johnny was he was actually supposed to be fishing near that like uh lake area where that pier was burnt down he was fishing and his family member said his phone was going to voicemail and consistent like constantly and they weren't able to get a hold of him or locate him they mentioned to police that this wasn't usual for him. He knew everyone and was a pretty, like, active, like, talkative person. Like, people knew they would be able to get a hold of him and they weren't being able to. Yeah, it's kind of like when we went to the country and everybody knew everybody there. Yes, so exactly. I can see exactly. that. So, like I said, Johnny's mother, Billy, her name was Billy Evans, she took the search to Facebook. She shared... A post of her son and was asking for any information on where he may be. She put his last whereabouts and that at the time he would have been driving a dark blue Ford Focus. The, so the police began just talking to people, trying to get a grasp on whether or not they believed he left at, like, at his own will or if there was foul play involved. The family noted too that he had left his little dog behind to fend for himself and he would have never done that. The dog was like a hmm. child to him. So right off the bat, the family is thinking something sinister happened to Johnny and maybe the Clint case and him are somehow connected. So, you know, we're dog lovers. You're a big dog lover. You know, you, you that's like you, you have you have no kids. I have two kids, everybody. But Shina has no <laughs> kids and she has her a baby, which is a dog. And it's like being a dog person, like you would never just up and leave if he wanted to escape he would have took his dog with him type thing uh 100 percent. like buster would be everywhere with me if i had to run away my dog is coming with me so. yes exactly um so two weeks after the search began 
for Johnny. A vehicle was actually recovered submerged in the Trinity River. His mother claims that even though reports identified it as Johnny's vehicle, it actually wasn't. According to Billy, the vehicle was bartered. A woman, um, yeah, the vehicle was bartered. A woman needed to borrow some money from Johnny. So he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll let you borrow my money. However, I'm going to take your vehicle. And whenever you pay me back, you can have your car back. So that's kind of what the deal they made. So she showed that this is the very reason why the vehicle was never Johnny's name, like in his name. Like, this is why this blue Ford Focus is not in my son's name. This isn't in, a, a, in another woman's name type thing. But you want to know mm. something weird? Uh, we have something else that's weird? Yes. What? So this woman he actually bartered with is the same woman whose boyfriend was following Clint while he was still alive and well. Uh, no, it was a boyfriend. I don't yeah, care. isn't it so? Like, <laughs> it's too many red flags, right? Yeah, like the they fished around this, or they were around the same pier, and maybe they were both messing with the same girl, and they were related, and they lived in this. No, it's you know what if the girl and the boyfriend were working together. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. And she's going out and she's like dating these different people and, you know, getting money from them slowly. And whenever she's done, the boyfriend comes in and kills and they getting money slowly from all these murders. Yes, that's what that's literally what I was thinking whenever I was researching this. So hmm. his mom, Billy, found out from an unknown source that sometime before the vehicle was dumped in the river, the witness actually saw an unknown individual stealing stuff out of the car, such as like the stereo system and random car parts. So I'm thinking, you know, okay, I think it is the boyfriend and the girl. Maybe she was having these like weird affairs with people and like luring, like luring them in to trust her type thing and like trust mm -hmm. her enough to like, you know, potentially risk of getting hurt by her boyfriend because maybe he liked her a lot and then trusting her enough this other gentleman to lend her money you know even though he had her vehicle like that's still a big thing to lend somebody money that you could potentially never be getting back like that has to have some form of trust right there yeah and maybe she was maybe they were friends or something before i don't know that's really weird Yes, I agree. So we can go ahead and move on. But also, sorry, but also you said that Johnny was very, like, he was known around the area. So maybe he was just that giving of a person. Yeah, and that could have been you know? totally true, you know. But we don't really know how much money he gave. And to be somebody who lives, like, in the trailer park or, like, you could, you know, you could just kind of assume that they're they're not very rich individuals. So fast forward just, like, a not like I don't even know how long but not too long after Johnny's daughter was still looking for her father and her and two males were actually searching for him actively and as they were searching they came across um, some remains and they thought that it was actually Johnny because whenever they approached I guess on the side of the road or in the wood wooded area type 
that it was Johnny's boots that they had found. Mm. So I don't really know how to say this, but Texas EquiSearch, I want to say. Yeah, it's like EquiSearch, but it doesn't matter. Okay. So I wanted to say that, but I was like, that sounds like credit score stuff. (laughs) 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 I'm like, how is this a credit score place? But okay. So (laughs) Texas EquiSearch would also believe it to be Johnny. Not too far down the road away from the Believe Johnny, Texas EquiSearch was called to uncover another set of remains. They did not confirm it to be Clint at the time, but the family believes it to be Clint's body. Both of the remains were shipped to undergo DNA testing to reveal if their worst fear would actually become a reality. After several instances, the family came to realize that the couple who borrowed money and whose boyfriend was following Clint at the time before he mysteriously went missing actually ransacked Johnny's home and he had stolen knives, he had stolen guns, car keys, money, um, gold coins, and all kinds of stuff right before Johnny went missing and died. They believe these two people are the killers of both Clint and Johnny. So the family has both come to senses, um, you know, that they think that the boyfriend and the girl both committed both murder, or like they had both committed both of the murders. And now it's kind of just like a sitting waiting game. Mm-hmm. The boyfriend was arrested for having a weapon inside of a vehicle not too long after um all this happened and he was arrested for having the weapon in the vehicle and not having a license and he had actually already been convicted the woman his girlfriend was also in jail before for committing home uh, burglaries like multiple of them the boyfriend was released from jail a few days later and johnny's mom swears the gun they had was actually Johnny's that they stole from his house. Mm. Yeah. So the family is still at a loss for words. They cannot believe that this couple has defied all odds and is walking free after arrest, after arrest, after arrest. I mean, they still don't even receive any justice for their two male family members. Okay. So they have time to still go get them. I think because of the flood and how long they were missing, like it depends on like the timeline. It's going to be hard for them to say that it was both Clint and Johnny, but I know they believe that, but I really, really, really think that it was the boyfriend and the, and the girlfriend, because I think they were like planning th- these things together. They knew like, Oh, well, since these people live in trailer houses, no one's going to care. But little did they know, everyone cares. Who cares where you live? Family is family. So it's, yeah, yeah, they got themselves in a little pickle. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think it is because the they were both implanted in both of their lives. Like you have this this link that is linking you together and it's the boy and it's the girl um, the boyfriend and the girlfriend. We already know the boyfriend has beef with Clint or had beef with Clint for the affair with his girlfriend. And he was getting death threats. He was getting the pier burnt down. He was getting notes left for him to read. 
um, you know, he's getting followed during the day, at night, all this kinds of stuff. And then you have another link, which is Johnny Lowe, who potentially traded a vehicle for the girlfriend to borrow money. I'm thinking that they actually murdered um, Johnny Lowe in order to not repay that money and get the vehicle back. But then yes. the vehicle ends up in the river with everything stolen out of it. So I'm thinking then that that was maybe where he actually was murdered. And so they dumped the vehicle and now they're like, yeah, we don't have to pay you back any of your money. Like kind of like what now? Yeah. And also like the reason they would put the car in the lake is to say like to help not have connections you know, other than that car, they didn't technically have any connections. Exactly. Like, if it wasn't for the vehicle, the mom would have never said, no, that's not his vehicle. That's her vehicle. That's why yeah. it's not in his name. And so, you know, they got rid of the car, like you said, for a possible link and not, like, got rid of him so they didn't have to pay back any money. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting to me that these people are still walking because the fact that they robbed his house and stole all of this stuff and they were you know probably robbed many other people they just didn't get caught and the car is literally linked to her and Clint is literally linked to her and I bet you that they didn't even know that them two were family because I don't even think did the family even know that they were related? So they didn't know at first. They found out after talking with each other's families. Uh, because yeah, see. Yeah, because they didn't know. And so I think Johnny's family approached Clint's family and was saying like, hey, we want to know if maybe there's a connection here. Like both of our families are missing and it's like right down the like road or area from one another. So can you tell me what you know? We tell you what I know. Maybe it's the same part, like same things happening here. And then they uncovered everything. Come to find out that they were actually related to each other. Yeah. See, I don't think the, the two, the couple was expecting that very much. Um, yeah, I think if they don't get them quickly, it's going to keep happening. And they'll just move. They won't even stay in the same place. They'll just move to another city or whatever. Exactly. To where nobody knows who they are. Like, who they are. Exactly. So, so I... Do what? Sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. So, the bodies are still... Um, from what I read, I don't know. I, I forgot to look at what year this article came out. But um, at the time the article did come out, the bodies were still awaiting to be thoroughly identified by Jefferson County. Billy believes it will be a very long time until they hear anything back between all the back and forth paperwork, all the filing, um, all the testing. She just believed it to be a very long time until she heard anything back about her son. She's really just wanting to claim the body of her son so that he can obtain a proper, you know, barrier, bar <laughs> burial at this time. Um but like I said, whenever the Texas EquiSearch came out there, they pretty much confirmed that it was Johnny. They couldn't really confirm it was Clint because they were like four or three years apart from one another. I think four years apart from one another. So 
Clint was very, would have been very badly decomposed at that time. Yeah, and like especially going through the flood, like that made it even worse. Like I said before, but I have a question: Do you think that he that Clint was probably murdered the same night of the fire? Um, and then the couple just kept the phone, like. Even if Clint didn't have it. Because, wait, but he was making phone calls after that, huh? Yes, so if he was making phone calls, okay. it's either Clint making phone calls or the boyfriend or the girlfriend or whoever. Yeah. Um. But I, like, my thing is, is I think maybe he was alive for a day or two to be making maybe certain phone calls. Maybe, like, wire transfers. Maybe, because it seems like the couple was very known for, like, like robbing people, stealing this, you know, getting the money, not paying money back. Like they seem money driven. So my thing is, what if they did keep him alive and he ping, you know, those certain calls to certain people to figure out, okay, like you're going to pay your own ransom. Okay. We have the money now. Now we're going to kill you instead of letting you go. So you don't tell on us. Yeah. But we don't really know. Yeah. This case is a bummer. Um, I know, like, look, we've been hearing about it for years because of our family, but I never actually, like, went into the case to learn about everything that happened. But I am, like, I am shocked. You know, like, this is my first time actually hearing about it. Some other cases, like, I hear of, you know, I've already listened to other podcasts about them or so on and so forth. But this one was actually brand new to me. So that's why I was, like, a little, like, quiet this one because... I was really into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you liked it. I'm hoping good news for Clint and Johnny's family. Hopefully that, you know, it's sad to say that if that is them, you know, they know that they are passed away and they're not just missing and maybe out there somewhere. But at the same time, they get, you know, some form of closure and, and burying yeah. their loved one and having a resting place for their loved one. I agree. But um, that's it for this one. So thank you everyone for taking the time to dive into another crazy episode with us. We truly appreciate it and we love you. And always remember to stay out of dark places and watch your back because you never know who's lurking. Bye. Bye.